podcasting from Baldwin, New York. Welcome to the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast, bringing you everything Baldwin Athletics, including news, game breakdowns, analysis, interviews, and much, much more. Prepare for the laughs, hot takes, hard questions, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, ready to dive into everything Bruins sports, Yao Bonsu and Tyler Brown. Hello and welcome to the first official episode of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. Today is Friday, September 13th, 2019. Alongside Tyler Brown, my name is Yao Bonsu. Before we get into the action for today, we have a few special people we would like to thank because without them, we will not be here today. First and foremost, we would like to thank Mr. Kelly, our business teacher, for allowing us to pursue this project as a couple senior internship students here at Baldwin High School. Secondly, we would like to thank Mr. Ramirez, the athletic director at Baldwin. Third, we would like to thank Mr. Fasalandra, the director of technology in the Baldwin Union Free School District. And on top of that, we would like to thank the Baldwin High School Building Administration for always supporting our endeavors. And then we would like to thank Mrs. Furch, the public relations specialist for the Baldwin Union Free School District. And we would like to thank Superintendent Dr. Cami and the rest of the district administration. And on top of that, we would like to thank the Board of Education. Thank you to the people we just mentioned. Without you, none of this would be possible. We'd not be recording today. But on that note, welcome to the first official episode of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. Again, my name is Yao Bonsu, and today we have a busy slate of Bruins sports to discuss, which includes all the games from this past week. We will also have senior varsity boys soccer player John Carlos Padilla here to talk about his most recent performance against Oceanside, as well as his thoughts on his last season as a Bolden Bruin. But to kick off the action now, Tyler will be giving us a recap of scores from the week in Bolden sports. Tyler, what do you have for us today? Thank you, Yao, for introducing me. This week in Baldwin Sports, girls field hockey played two games, one against Massapequa and one against Clark. Sadly, both games ending in a loss, but in the Clark game, Dana Elcock scored one goal. Girls soccer played two games this week, one against Port Washington and the other against East Meadow. In the first game against Port Washington, Alyssa Hillian and Diane Garacocha scored one goal each. In the second game against East Meadow, Nayeli Downing scored one goal. Girls cross country versed all the Section 8 teams and came in second place with 50 points with Mariah Pedway and Marcella Figueroa leading the way. Girls volleyball played two games this week, one against Oceanside and one against Wheatley. Both games ended with Bolden winning three out of four sets. Girls tennis played two matches this week, one against Glen Cove and the other one against Plain Edge. The first game against Glen Cove was a tough loss against a top-notch opponent and the second game was a clean sweep against Plain Edge. Boys soccer played two games this week, one against Hicksville and one against Oceanside, losing both games against tough opponents. Boys cross country faced all the Section 8 teams and came in second place with 37 points, with Liam Graff and Patrick Movey leading the way. Thank you, Tyler, for those recap of scores from throughout the week. Now, every week on the show, Tyler and I look to highlight and cover one game from throughout the week. And before we interview our featured athlete of the week, John Carlos Padilla, we want to take a look at boys soccer's 1-0 loss to Oceanside last Wednesday. Going into this game against Oceanside, one thing that was heavily emphasized was the fact that the Bruins have been subjected to slow starts. Looking at the game two days prior against Hicksville, as well as a past scrimmage, the energy the team should have throughout the game does not necessarily come out until the second half. But in this specific game against the Sailors, Baldwin knew exactly what they had to do. After starting the season 0-1, every player on the team recognized that this game was pretty much a must-win, even though it was so early in the season. 
That went along with the fact that two of the team's most potent players, Tim O'Quan and Jonah Weeks, were out due to injury. Jonah Weeks suffered a concussion in the Hicksville game, while Tim O'Quan suffered a groin injury. All of those reasons created this mentality that the Bruins simply needed to go into Oceanside and beat them. Turning your attention to the on-field aspect of the game, the Bruins started the game off strong in the sense that they had communication in all three levels of the field, the defense, the midfield, and the forwards. Where I think the Bruins struggled most early is maintaining their shape while pushing up the field. Soccer, of course, is one of the most complicated sports in the world. It is more than just kicking the ball up the field. There's a high level of IQ needed by all 11 players on the field if a team truly wants to be successful. And looking at the Bruins, something Coach Supio stresses is high anticipation and quick movements off the ball. Before the ball gets to where it's going, you need to be in a spot which you can benefit the team quickly. And now going back to the previous point made about pushing up the field quickly, I of course both played in this game and reviewed the film. When a midfielder such as Daniel Ikachuku, who is one of the more skilled players for the Bruins, is dribbling and doing his thing, it often turned into him holding the ball for too long. And that's not a knock on Daniel, but rather a knock on the fact that at times he simply had no support. In the formation that the Bruins play, which of course I will not share, they should be able to push the ball up the field with numbers fast. There are numerous times in this game where there are simply gaps in the middle of the field that can very well be filled by Bolden players. Adding on to the fact about pushing numbers up the field, it goes back to the level of communication the Bruins have. Every soccer team has their captains, but the ones who are usually supposed to be the most vocal are the center backs. Why? Because they have the best view of the field. At times they see what the midfielders and forwards do not. For the Bruins, those players are Sean Campbell and Isaiah Bell. These two players have to be vocal about every little thing on the field. I can make the argument that wingbacks also fall into the same situation. Where I personally believe they were not vocal enough is having the team's more offensive players push up when needed. There are a few instances during the game where I would find myself pressuring with no wing players to support me. When that happens, defenders have to be screaming their heads off because we as a team are most likely only going to get the ball if we are sending numbers up the field. I understand that wing players have a responsibility to play hard defenses. I do. But when the Bruins are initiating their offense, players have to be up, players have to be offering support, and as a team, Baldwin simply needs to be attacking with as many players as possible. And on that note, they need to be keeping their shape in the process. Although this did end up in a 1-0 loss for the Bruins, the team learned from this game immensely. Being on the field, I saw that there were certain moments where players, including myself, were getting angry at all game long. But if there is anything that is clear, it is that the Bruins boys soccer team has loads of talent. And speaking as a player on that team, we just need to put it all together. From Mike Pare to Luis Asensio, to Isaiah Bell, to Anthony Ramos, to Daniel Ikachuku, to many others, this Bruins team has the ability to make noise in the AA1 conference. It is just a matter of the things that are uncoachable. It is work ethic, effort, energy, attitude and passion by each player which will drive the Bruins to be a sleeper team this season. After this loss against Oceanside, the Bruins fall to 0-2 in league play with their upcoming games this week coming against Syosid, Uniondale, Massapequa, and Westbury. To cap off this week's boys soccer coverage, I had the opportunity to go off campus and interview our featured athlete of the week, Bruins boys varsity soccer captain, John Carlos Padilla. Padilla is a four-year varsity player who has been a captain for the past two. As the leader of this relatively young squad, I was able to talk to Padilla about his mentality on the season, his thoughts on his recent play, and his thoughts on his last season as a Baldwin Bruin. 
All right, thank you, John, for joining us on the Boulder Bruin Sports Podcast. Now, we want to start with the Oceanside game. How do you think you performed in a hole? As a whole, I think I performed well. You know, it was a minor setbacks, like the record I got, I didn't agree with, but nothing you can do, keep pushing forward. But yeah, overall, I think I played well. And previously, before the interview, I covered the Oceanside game, the things the Bruins could have done better, things that they can improve on going into the season. What is one specific aspect of the team's entire play that you wish you could improve on going forward? I think as a whole, the team has to track our players better, stick with our man, like crosses or like from corner kicks. We just need to stick with our man better and follow. Now, for the past three years, you've been a varsity player, but for the first time this year, Division AA1 has been merged into one large division consisting of 13 teams. This means that instead of playing multiple teams twice, each team will only be facing each other once. What are your thoughts on this new alignment and how may, and how may this affect the team overall? I think that um, I like the other other setup better because if we had one, one bad game against one team, you know, the next game we, we play against them, we could have a better game and show like show up and for this how it's gonna affect us um i think every every game we just have to come out strong we can't have no bad games and pull through and now going back to you saying coming out strong it is your last season as a bruin what goes through your mind every game knowing that this is your last season playing soccer for every the time the, the the ref blows his whistle i just gotta go out hard saying like this is my last season it might be the last time i play soccer so gotta go out hard and try to get the win now, before, when we covered the game, we mentioned previously that you are the well-deserved captain for the Bruins this season. However, I believe personally that anyone can wear the captain's band, but not everyone can be the leader that comes with being the captain. As the leader of this Bruins team, what do you think you need to improve on in order to lead the Bruins to where they want to be? I think I, I should be more vocal on the field, but one thing captain has and like should have if you're a captain is everyone around you should respect you, and that's I think everyone in my team respects me and um, be solid on the field, which I think I have. Now, going back to the Oceanside game, as the captain of the team, when you got the red card, how do you think your absence affected the team for the rest of the game? Well, firstly, like I said in the the other question, I I didn't agree with the red card, but there's nothing you could do about it. But I feel that our midfield was a little young, so they struggled a bit without me. But they they did their best, tried to do whatever they could, and they held it down the, the most they could. It really sounded like your presence was missed on the field for the remainder of that game. Of course, it ended up in a 1-0 deficit, but who knows what would have happened if you didn't get the red card. Maybe you would have put a ball in the back of the net. But now I want to turn the focus to your coaches. And for the past three years, obviously, you've been in the system with Coach LaForge and Coach Supios. How have they affected your growth as a player overall throughout your high school career? Supios and LaForges are, are great coaches. They try a lot. They, they mentor me in a, in a way. They, they tell me what to do, like how how I should do it, what I'm doing wrong, because they have the, the eyes outside of the field when I'm playing, because I can't see everything sometimes, and they tell me my mistakes and what I could work on. And as for the players too, how have the players you've played with for the past three years, including this year, influenced your play? Um, well, the players, as you know, we're a young team right now. We're growing, but they, they motivate me too, and I, we, I motivate them back. Like We have like, that camaraderie as a whole team. We have to play... Our play style is growing together. Yeah, it sounds like even though you're a captain or like one of the oldest players, it doesn't help to, well, it does help to get advice from one of the younger players and it doesn't really stress you out much. Yeah, because even though I'm an older player, you never stop learning as a player. There's always something that you could do or, or learn or something else. So it's always good to get their advice and stuff. Now, kind of a fun question here. 
You're a player that can be used anywhere on the field at any time, whenever the coaches need. Throughout your three years here, including this year, what has been your favorite position to play and why? So as you know, I've been played at defense, center mid, striker. But overall, I love the midfield, playing at CDM. Because in the CDM, you can play rough, like hitting people and sending the balls forward to get an assist from the strikers and everything. So yeah, and you get, you get, you get to see the whole field from the midfield. So I'm guessing you like distributing the ball more than putting it in the back of the net? Yeah, I like assisting better. You like assisting? What about the feeling of putting the ball in the back of the net, scoring, ha- hearing all the screams and joy and all that? Putting back, putting the ball in the back of the net is always a great feeling, of course, but I feel like me assisting is more of my, my play style. I, I like playing more slow and like, not, I'm not that fast, so like I can't really get to the balls like how the midfielders would send it. And now, looking forward to the rest of the season, what are your thoughts as you look to be rather the sleeper team in the AA1 division? As you said, a lot of a lot of teams, a lot of schools think we're like not that good this year and like we're not going to perform. So we got to we got to be the underdog team and prove them wrong. So that feeling of proving a team wrong is always great. Making that statement with with our top team that we have coming up is always great. And what is it about this Baldwin team that makes it stand out among others? We have a lot of talent this year, way, way more talent, and we have a lot of pieces that if we put together correctly, we can make it work and win some games. And looking beyond high school, obviously this is your last season as a Bruin. If any, is there a future for you for soccer after high school? Yes, I would love to play college, college soccer. If this, I would get the right offer, of course I would take it. And lastly, John, what has been your favorite part of playing soccer while representing Baldwin in the process? Well, of course, there's always that Baldwin pride. You always have to have pride in your town and stuff. So that's been my favorite part, going out there, representing Baldwin, proving people wrong. I think that we don't have a good soccer program. And yeah, that was my favorite part. All right, special thanks to John Carlos Padilla for joining us on the Bruins podcast today. I wish him the best of luck in the rest of his season, and I only expect good things to come from here. And now we shift gears to the Bruins Podcast Athletes of the Week presented by Tyler. Tyler, who are you highlighting this week? Yeah, the two athletes I would love to highlight this week are Liam Graff and Kimberly Wallace. As for Liam, Liam placed 10th among 143 runners with a time of 1411.6 in the 2.5 mile race. And as for Kimberly, Kimberly did great herself, who went undefeated in her singles matchups against Glen Cove and Plain Edge, earning her team a point in each match. Now that's what's up. Shout out to Liam Graff and Kimberly Wallace for leading their respective teams in their sports. Now, to cap off the show, we would like to give you guys a rundown of everything happening in Bruins Athletics this week. Tyler, take it away. Boys soccer looks to bounce back from their slow start as they take on Syosset on the 13th, Uniondale on the 14th, Massapequa on the 17th, and Westbury on the 19th. Girls field hockey will try to capture their first wins against Locust Valley on the 16th and Port Washington on the 18th. Girls volleyball will look to continue their undefeated starts of the season as they take on Farmingdale on the 18th. Boys football will take on Massapequa on the 14th in their season opener. Girls tennis will look to keep up the momentum as they face Clark on the 13th, Cary on the 16th, and Oyster Bay on the 18th. And girls cross country will look to rides in the Section 8 standings as they have another meet on the 17th. Girls Soccer faces Oceanside on the 16th and Syosset on the 18th. 
Thank you, Tyler, for that. Be sure to check out all the games, matches, and meets going on throughout the week in Baldwin Athletics. Once again, I'm Yao Bonsu. And I'm Tyler Brown. Thank you for joining us on the first edition of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week where we have Braden DeSantis, boys varsity football player, here to talk about his season opener against Massapequa, as well as his season outlook as it is his last season repping the blue and gold on the football field. Thank you for listening in on this edition of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. Be sure to follow us on all streaming platforms. Check us out on Instagram at Bruins Podcast. Join us next time for more news, analysis, interviews, and everything Baldwin Sports.